of You'll Only Listen Twice, our Bond review podcast where we're taking a look at all the Bond movies, both official and unofficial. Now, we sadly have to say goodbye to the Connery films for now. Now we There's are on, another! Or the Sean Connery films for now. Yes. We're going on to another era of James Bond. We're on to another Bond movie that begins with an O. That's right. I know what you're thinking. It's okay, Connery. Okay, Connery. Okay, Connery. Otherwise known as Operation Kid Brother. Otherwise known as Operation Double Double Low Zero. Otherwise known as uh, something something against the divided evil. Right. Otherwise known as Turn the Movie Off. <laughs> I hate you, Troy. I'm I'm really angry. At you. I, <laughs> I I I didn't know about this movie until about like three weeks ago. I was a happy man. <laughs> I dear listeners, uh, when we were bringing this podcast in, I'm like, guys, we gotta watch OK Connery because it is canon to the Eon films, and I stand by this. Technically speaking, yes, there is indeed M. But he's called Cunningham, and he's played by Bernard Lee. There's Miss Maxwell, who's actually just Miss Moneypenny, played by Lois Maxwell, who. But she's an agent now. Well, should we introduce ourselves? <laughs> oh yeah, I guess oh, we could right. introduce ourselves. We could introduce ourselves. I'm Jake. I am. Well, I'm Troy. But in this podcast, I'm playing a character named Mr. Peterson. Oh. Oh ho ho. I'm Jan, and Paul thinks that my mic sounds like shit just because I bought it for 200 Mexican pesos in Mexican Amazon, and it says made in Taiwan. Is that how you say pesos? What did I say? You said pesos. You paid for this mic in pez? Yeah, it's it's not pay, pesos. <laughs> Wait, it's not pesos? No. Oh my god. It's pesos. <laughs> I've been... I've been spending my money wrong. I, I mean, it's not, it's it, it's technically not wrong. It's just your accent, but. <laughs> oh, all right. Fine. See, we're all learning so much this episode. <laughs> we're learning how you say pesos. We're also learning about how there is another Bond movie. And we're all doing this because it is all Troy's fault. But. Yes. Let's get into OK Connery, which. Uh, uh, it's a Bond movie. I've seen all the Bond movies. I love the Bond movies. I had never seen this, which is saying something. And no one else on this show has seen this. Oh, we should also introduce producer Paul. You got to give your... Uh, yo, I don't know what my equivalent is in this movie. Uh, Mr. Snow. Yeah. I'm the guy where, I'm the guy where you're like, is that that guy looks kind of familiar. And then you're like, oh yeah, they went out of their way to cast him for, for, to please the fans uh, who were not going to be pleased by this movie. Um, so I guess that's me. Yeah, you're like the Blofeld of this movie. <laughs> Just like, oh, it's that guy. I like how Anthony Dawson, who we're kind of referring to, he was the stand-in for Blofeld for the first couple Eon films. And then the year they get someone else to actually be Blofeld, he just goes to another movie 
and keeps playing Blofeld. Well, before before we start talking about this turd, Jig, do you want to give context to what the fuck we're talking Ooh, about? I have fun context. Why we're not talking about On Her Majesty's Secret Service? Well, <clears throat> once upon a time, there was a lowly Scottish man named Neil Connery. Neil Connery had an older brother, Sean, who went from being a truck driver, a milkman, a bodybuilder, and then an actor... And then the actor who played the cinematic version of James Bond, and he became a colossal movie star as a result. Neil, on the other hand, did not want to become an actor and was a plasterer. After he was fired from his job for losing his tools, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, what a it's, it's, that's not funny. <laughs> He was fired from his job for losing his tools. He's the absent-minded plasterer. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so Sean Connery's brother was too drunk to find his tools. <laughs> hey, that's, that's racist against the Scots. What happened next? The, okay, so our boy Neil, people were interviewing him because they're like, oh my god, superstar Sean Connery's brother Neil got fired from his job as a plasterer for losing his tools. <laughs> And some sources say that Terrence Young listened to some of these interviews and Terrence Young thought to himself, huh, he kind of sounds like Sean. And he called up his uh, good buddy, an Italian producer whose name escapes me. But Wait, what? But he doesn't even uh, use his voice in this movie. Connery. Neil Connery. We're so, getting to that. We're getting to that. There's a reason for that, There Jen. is a reason. But yes, the whole reason why they made this movie was Terrence Young, the director of Dr. No, from Russia with Love, and Thunderball called up his Italian producer friend and was like, hey, Sean's brother sounds like him on the radio. You should put him in a movie. But that's, that's like if someone saw me and was like, hey, you look like Woodrow Wilson. You're perfect for a biopic. <laughs> and then they replaced my face with like Don Rickles or something. Hey, that, that happened to Bob Evans. Bob Evans got cast as Irving Thalberg. Oh, yeah. In the Man of a Thousand Faces. I have no idea what you're talking about, but go So Man on. of a Thousand Faces is the 1956 James Cagney film that's a biopic of Lon Chaney. And because it talks about his universal years, they needed an Irving Thalberg. So Norma Shearer just found Bob Evans. At a pool. Legendary producer walking around. And she's like, you look like my dead husband. Go be Irving. And so in the movie, he's just... Irving Thalberg. Okay, the only name I know is Lon Chaney, but let's keep going. Uh, um, okay, Connor. No, actually, the better comparison point would be if Paul's mom, like, heard your sister on the Where radio and was like, that's <laughs> Paul's they, mom is so fat. <laughs> Paul's mom heard Jan's sister on the radio and, like, called up her Italian producer friend and was like, hey, you should put Jan's sister in a knockoff of Jan's life and cast all of Jan's other co-workers to be in that film with her. It's it's like the plot of a Charlie Kaufman like postmodernist movie. <laughs> so anyway, Terrence Young called up his good friend, producer by the name of Dario Sabatello. And a weedy. And, and, hey, and so the Italians are just like, okay, let's take him in for a screen test. And they did the screen test. Another story that I heard was that uh, a guy pretending to be Neil Connery's agent, who might have not actually been his agent, guaranteed the producers, if you get Neil, 
Sean can cameo in this movie. <laughs> and apparently his screen test went over so well where he had to woo ladies, dance with ladies, fight a guy with a knife. That went over so well, they're like, we don't even need Sean. Here's a three-picture contract, sir. And what if this movie is a success, you are going to make millions of dollars in future Italian films. So they do this test, and all people remember them saying is they make the test, and they went, okay, Connery, okay. And that's why the movie is called, in some markets, Okay, Connery. Okay, Connery. Connery. Okay, Connery. Connery. Yeah, so they make the movie. They get a bunch of Bond actors, like Bernard Lee, as we said in the beginning, Lois Maxwell, and they're basically playing uh, not... (laughs) They're they're named differently, but they're basically playing M and Miss Moneypenny. Yeah. They also get Anthony Dawson, like we said earlier who played Professor Dent, Dr. No, and Blofeld, as we said earlier, in When You Don't See His Face. And they also get Adolfo Celli. Jefferson Cocoon. Our, our boy, Adolfo Celli, famed Italian actor. They get oh, him boy. to play. This movie, yeah. this movie turned me around on Adolfo Celli. In Thunderball, I thought he was awful. I, I do think movie, that he's better in this than in Thunderball. Yeah. I think he's pretty good in Thunderball, and he's even better in this. Yes, I agree. Daniela Bianchi is also yes. in this movie. And my point I want to make is the sad truth is I think almost all of them are more committed to their performances in this movie than they are in most of the Eon films. It's true. <laughs> they paid them more. Yeah, they paid them more. They gave them more to do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, my God. Em and Moneypenny are in, like, this whole movie. Doesn't she have, like, a... A machine gun? <laughs> yeah, she does. She's like shooting people, and you're just like, oh, wow. Oh, shit. It's awesome. This whole movie, so when I pitched that we would watch this, I thought Lois Maxwell and Bernard Lee were going to pop up in one scene as a cheeky little reference, and then they would disappear. No, they really milk them. Yeah, this movie is basically an M and Money Penny spinoff, and the whole time I'm watching yeah. it, and it's like, the whole movie is like those scenes in the Muppet movies where you see Kermit's legs. Because like what? they're walking around, <laughs> like I'm, I'm. No, like, I know what you mean. Yeah, legs. you never see him's legs. <laughs> and he's like walking around and doing stuff, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so weird. What, what, what if he wasn't wearing pants? <laughs> he had like <laughs> what women's pants. legs. <laughs> he was like an eye heel. With Bernard Lee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be even better. It's like a mismatched toy. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Um. Where was I going with this? So, Bernard Lee. Bernard Lee. Uh, all the Bond people, yeah. Danielle Bianchi is in this. She's playing a full-on villain who turns good. A, a novelty for a James Bond movie. Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry, not, not James Bond. Uh, Dr. Neil Connery. Okay, a 007 movie. A, a 00... 007. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well... I think the movie implies that it's just a Sean Connery movie. Like I think the movie just implies that the James Bond in this movie is just named Sean Connery. Yes, well, that's the thing. In, in this movie, it's implied that James Bond exists. He was the brother of our top agent. It's implied yes. that Sean Connery exists. It's implied that Ian Fleming exists. You read too many novels by Fleming. 
Oh yeah. yeah so it's like universes like collapsing into each it's other. It's almost like the Flash. Yeah, it's like the Flash. Like yeah, but better. Collapsing. Like so, what I was able to walk away from this from is okay. Ian Fleming wrote the James Bond books, which are fictional. However. Cunningham runs an actual spy agency, which Sean Connery and Lois Maxwell are actually a part of. They're not actors in this universe. They are secret agents. Yes. And Dr. Neil Connery, Sean's brother, Dr. Neil Connery from Edinburgh, who is a master plastic surgeon and hypnotist. The results are due not only to modern surgical technique, but also to an ancient Tibetan process defined as the hypnotic process of total recall. It differs from the usual hypnosis in that it allows us to operate with the complete surrender of the subconscious and thus obtain the patient's collaboration. Well, that's when the movie caught me off guard. I thought he was just <laughs> going to be like another spy. And then he's like giving a, a science lecture like young Frankenstein. Yeah. And he starts hypnotizing people with just his eyes. And I'm like, okay, this movie's winning me over. And it kind of yes. reminded me of like... A, Garth Marenghi, uh, his opening of Dark Place when he's like, Yes, I'm Dr. Neil Connery, hypnotist, surgeon, plus spy. <laughs> it's true. That's that's why I freaking love this movie. He, I should I should go and say that. Yes, I, I watched it not knowing really anything about it other than Neil Connery and all these people are in it, and sure enough. The movie won me over. <laughs> it is a delight. You know, I wish I liked it more. Um, yeah, but it does have uh, it does have a few gems in there. I mean, the I, fact I, that it's uh, Sean Connery's brother Neil, who is a famous plastic surgeon, who is also a hypnotist, who is recruited to become a spy. I, I keep telling people that promising. this is the, very this, promising. It's very promising. I keep telling people that, uh, giving them the synopsis of the movie. I'm like, okay, that's what it's about. And they think I'm joking. They think I'm like fucking with them. I'm like, I, I'm dead serious. It's a classic uh, rip-off Italian movie with an insane plot. Yes. It's just like... extra fu funny because it's actually Sean Connery's brother. Uh, and because of the fact that he has zero fucking riz or charisma, <laughs> he was like a fucking drunk plasterer. <laughs> yeah. He just looks like Sean in a goatee. Yeah. He just yeah. looks like Sean in a goatee. That's but, it. But with, but with zero expressions. And the movie insists that, that he's the best and, and the most suave at everything. That's <laughs> what makes it To the point that funny. I'm pretty sure they made him a hypnotist because his eyes are the same as his brother. So they're like, if we just shoot close-ups of his eyes... We can just pretend he's shot. Yeah. I like the scene where Money Penny, I mean, uh, Ms. Maxwell, is like, we should <laughs> shave his goatee. And he's like, no, the goatee stays. And they're like, okay. <laughs> I don't think he's quite so good looking. Why don't we shave the beard off? Just to make sure. The beard is mine. I'm attached to it. I want it to remain right there. But that seems so weird because Ms. Mrs. Maxwell, it's someone who has worked with Sean Connery for years going, oh, he looks even better than his brother. He looks the same. There's no difference. It's the same guy. Like, apparently when Lois Maxwell told Sean Connery that she was working on this movie, he got up and screamed at her, you have betrayed me. <laughs> you betrayed me. Away. You didn't keep your promise. You tricked me. And I don't care anymore. And I'm like, what? Rest in piss, old man. But anyways. <laughs> anyway. Neil Connery. Neil Connery was a saint. 
who was fired from every job he ever had. <laughs> so, so I have to assume then if they, if the movie is like he really needs to go see, that they must have asked him to trim it, and then they're like, oh, he doesn't look like his brother, and then they asked him to <laughs> no! grow it again. He does. Have you seen pictures of him old where his goatee is like pretty much gone? But they Troy, look exactly the same. Every old person looks like Sean Connery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whenever Jan sees an old person, he just sees Sean Connery staring back at him. I've gotten so many restraining orders that way. But they're all like half bald and they all play golf. <laughs> And they're all just, like, quoting the Untouchables? I'm like, Mr. Connery, can you slap my sister, please? And he's like, no, that's not me. <laughs> Why are you trying to get me to watch a movie called The Legend of Billy? I think it's you, Mr. Connery. No, I'm just old. We can just you, like Can you movie. say you're the man now, dog? You're the man now, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a dog. I'm not a dog. <laughs> uh yep they found him and the movie is so proud like it's like title card like second one neil connery you know no i mean that's the title of the fucking movie okay connery it's so weird to think today like if you made a chris hemsworth like after thor hunger games was not like okay hemsworth like, like there's another one. It's kind of like if Casey Affleck was actually his character from Manchester by the Sea, and they were yeah. like, "You should be in yeah, movies. Exactly. We need you to play uh, Batman's brother. <laughs> You're Batman's brother." Or it's like if uh, if the Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas was called OK Baldwin or <laughs> OK Baldwin. Whoa! There you go. The, the other funny thing about the plot of this movie is that it's basically just like, again, following the tradition of uh, the James Bond character not having much agency at all. Uh, this guy who's a surgeon and a hypnotist, they they just tell him to do things, spy shit, because he looks like his brother. And it's just he him saying, like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, okay, Connery. I gotta get back to my college, and they're like, "You are, you have a warrant out for your arrest for murder. Why don't you just be a spy instead?" That, like, that All whole right. speech, Bernard Lee's. Wait, are we going in order? Or are we talking out of order? Because Bernard Lee's speech in that scene, I want to break that break down. Yeah, okay, you, you can, I think we could do it out of order because this barely okay. has a plot in the plot. Oh, yeah, it barely has a plot. Just plot. not Spectre tries to take over the world again and it's up to a surgeon to stop <laughs> yeah and it's canonically sean connery's brother and he looks like dracula also i'm coming and he looked like dracula but it's no so he also weird. looks like robin hood he also looks like robin hood because i think they asked him neil what action stuff can you do and he just said archery and they were like okay Hell. connery Yes. Um, we'll get into that. And there is a behind the scenes story about that. So Ooh. when uh they they had to train for the archery scenes and they did it at Adolfo Celli's house, far off in the land of Italy. And Adolfo Celli was able to grab the grab the bow and he fired his shot. It went a few feet. Done. Connery, however, he was a Neil? boxer. Yes, Neil Connery. Okay. Sean was also there, but... 
And Sean was also there. <laughs> and Sean was there, too. Sean, Sean just shot an arrow at the producer because he was angry. Sean was like, How dare you exploit that... my brother? <laughs> Sean, Sean was like, Neil, you came and hung out with all my friends when I was younger, and I didn't say a goddamn thing. But now you're in my fucking franchise. Get the fuck out. So, Sean Connery was... Uh, no. Neil! Neil Connery. Uh, no, Neil Connery. See, it's so easy to confuse them. They, they're they both so charismatic. <laughs> they look the same. See, Jake, I hear your confusion, and to me it sounds like money in the bank. <laughs> That's just what the Italians thought. That's right. So anyway, Neil Connery was a boxer in the Navy. So he was a, he's a pretty fit guy. Also, he's a plaster, you know. Blue-collar, average-day working guy. He fires that shot for the first time. He hits the target bullseye. And they're Shit. like, we got a movie. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Then on, the, then on the set, Adolfo Celli fires his arrow, goes a few feet again. Sean Connery fires his. Neil. Neil Connery. Oh, Neil. I keep getting them confused. Just say Connery, Jake. Just call him Dr. Connery. They're just, they're the same. Sean Connery's ashes are rolling in the in wind. Jake, yeah. every time you confuse these two. Even though he's not a doctor, we'll, we will call him Dr. Connery. Dr. Connery. Dr. Con Dr. Neil Connery, hypnotist. Dr. Biden. Plastic surgeon. <laughs> so he, Neil Connery fires his arrow and he misses, which should kind of oh. be foreshadowing with how this movie did. Wait, so first take bullseye, second take miss. Yes. Well, no, 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 not wait. even the first take. This was them prepping for the archery scene. When they actually got to set, he shit the bed. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. He actually shot himself? Like, when he was at a party, he was perfect. Then he went on a movie set, and he uh, was the biggest nerd who ever lived. People can't hold up to the pressure. They took no. his booze away, that's what yeah, happened. Yeah, probably. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sean Connery hit his booze. Neil Connery, much like, uh, you only, wait, I gotta check release dates here. Talk amongst yourselves. I need to, I need to check something. Oh boy, typing, typing. We're talking about the plot, or lack thereof, one, because... Yeah, well, I was a... going to say... Uh, so close. Okay. I want to point out that this movie, and you only live twice in the United States, came out five months apart, and then Neil Connery died almost six months after Sean Connery died. So you know these two. He died of grief. One follows the other. Because he had no one to yell at him and say, you're stealing my shtick, you son of a bitch. Or maybe he found his tools, and now he had a reason to to. He had closure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they read Sean's will, and there's like, to my brother Neil, I give him his plastering. His, his tools back. I hid them from you because I hate you. Oh, <laughs> I, no, I actually read Neil Connery's obituary, and apparently he would talk about how when his brother uh, Sean came to visit him in Edinburgh, he borrowed 50 bucks from him. And he never paid it back. <laughs> he would constantly complain with anyone, with all of his drinking friends. He's like, my brother Sean, he's a fucking cheap ass. He asked for 50 bucks and I never got it back. That's in Neil's obituary. That's in Neil's obituary. He made them put that in there. That's why he's James Bond. 
He's the coolest dude ever. You just see Neil Connery, like, watching Darby O'Gill and the little people, like, seething. Like, when am I getting my money back? I see you, Sean. Like, I could I buy three sets of tools with those 50 bucks. He's like, Sean, I see you near all that gold, that pot of gold. Where's my money? Yeah. Where's my Sean, you made a million dollars off of Diamonds Are Forever. Where's, you donated it all to charity, but where's my 50 bucks? Where's I need at least three diamonds, Sean. Yeah, you, you think when Neil gave Sean the money, Sean was like, you're the man. Now, dog. <laughs> he said, "You're the." He, he clapped Neil on the back and said, "You're the man." And then he turned away and he said, "Now, dog." <laughs> yes, he he said, "You're the man" in a normal American accent, like in OK Connery. <laughs> he said, "Now, dog," in his Scottish accent. We should also talk about the the accent because. Well, yes. Okay, so as many people. Going into this, I knew he would probably be dubbed, but I assumed they would get someone Scottish. They called me here from Edinburgh last week. So the plan was, again, Neil Connery was picked for his voice, but he got appendicitis during the dubbing, and he had to get his appendix taken out. So they got an American guy. So what you have now is you have Sean Connery playing James Bond with a thick Scottish accent, and no one ever mentions that James Bond is Scottish in his movies. Whereas in this movie, they won't shut up about how Dr. Neil Connery is from Edinburgh and he's walking around in a kilt and he's dubbed by an American guy and he just talks like this. Yeah, defeating the purpose that like they cast him because he kind of, uh, kind of sounded like him. Yeah. Yeah, choices were made. It's all on looks. It's, well, I guess, worth noting that, I mean, as we we made an observation, I think, a few episodes back, that the, the Bond films are even by the standards of 60s movies, more dubbed than usual for like a Hollywood or British production, but Italian yeah. films were oh, yeah. 100%. Well, that's, yeah. that's the other thing we need to mention is how Italians, they suck at making movies. Hell yeah! <laughs> They're really, really terrible at it. And this is a great example of just how bad they are. They don't record sound live on their sets at the time because they like to play music to feel good while they act. And it's like, Babies, grow up. Say your damn... Learn your lines. Yeah, Learn that's right, lines. Fellini. Fucking hack. Yeah, you suck it, Visconti. Leone. DeSica. How many Oscars do you have? You can't have your actors learn their dialogue fucking... Oh, Leone. Funny you mentioned Sergio Leone because while I admit most of the professional people on this shoot mainly are Italian exploitation filmmakers, I don't know them very well, one of the guys who wrote the music was a certain man by the name of Ennio Morricone. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. I, I almost, I actually farted when his name came on screen because <laughs> I was so surprised. Uh, but then you realize that this is one of the scores that he wrote because he was like running late on his latest mortgage payment or something. Yeah. It's so phoned in. So basically, imagine Casino Royale except written by Ennio Morricone, and that's basically the music to this. The, the main theme that kind of sounds like the James Bond theme oh, is yeah. spammed <laughs> to shit, and it's funny every single time. Where it's just like the, it, it sounds like the porno version of the Bond theme, the... Yeah. By the way, the, the theme song is pretty good. It's really yeah. good. Okay, Connery. Connery. Yeah, it's great. 
crush me. I I think that's the magic of OK Connery is it's all the people from the James Bond movies. The music sounds similar. The plot has the same basic beat. It does. It was released. It was released by United Artists. It was released by the same company that made James Bond. And it's all just to make another Sean Connery. They all betrayed Sean. All to betray Sean Connery. (laughs) All because he walked away. Yeah, it's worth noting, too, that, well, yeah, they're kind of punishing him, aren't they? Uh, and yeah. I, I heard, I had heard different opinions about, is this a spoof? And seeing it, I'm like, it, it's not. No, it's, no, it's, it it's just, it's, it's a classic Italian ripoff uh, yeah. movie yes. that just happens to have the same cast as the actual movies. That's what makes it the perfect <laughs> spoof. Yeah, <laughs> because it's not like it's not like Casino Royale where they're trying so hard for like the jokes to be wacky. No, this yeah. is just. They're pouring their hearts and souls into this, into making... I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> ...a worthy competitor... Yes, which makes it into, ...into making this James Bond-type movie. And they're like, yeah, we got Neil Connery. We're going to be we're gonna be doing this thing. He's a, we, we have hypnotism, psychic powers... Uh, archery. Archery. When Dr. Connery disguises himself as a blind bear bear merchant... Oh, my God. I oh, almost yeah. pissed my pants. <laughs> oh, my God. Neil Connery, master of disguise. He's so many ethnicities. In a cue from Sean of uh, of race swapping. Speaking perfect Moroccan or whatever it is. He's supposed to be blind or something. He decides to go right up to Adolfo Celli. And doesn't he like feel his face or something? Yeah, he's, and he's like, He starts copping yeah. a field. He starts like grabbing his yeah. tits. And then he's like, yeah. wait a minute. You're Neil Connery. And he's like... Well played, no, that, you know. That's that's why that's the best joke in the movie because the, the Largo is just like, you think it's gonna be a scene where they fool him, and, and Largo's just like, wait, you, what? <laughs> You're just Doctor Connor. Wait, no. What he says in that scene is, oh, you know the language, but only up to the 12th century. Right. Your Arabic is quite good. Part of it dates from the time of the Crusades. Dr. Connery. And you're like, why did Neil Connery only learn this dialect in the 1200s? He knows the classics. He's such a learned man that he knows the classics. He's like, ah, you only learned ancient Elizabethan English. My question (laughs) is, if Connery is such a good hypnotist, why didn't he just hypnotize Adolfo Celli? In fact, why didn't he... Because he he has to focus, Jake. Well, that's, that's the question... That you must never, ever ask in this movie. Because the second that they establish that he can hypnotize whoever he wants with just his sexy looks, that's that's when the plot just, like, dies. So you're like, I can't be thinking about this, or it would be too easy. I liked the conference. When we first meet Neil Connery, it should be pointed out the first, like, fifth, like it feels like the first 15 minutes of the movie are, like, Lois Maxwell and Adolfo Selly, like, just getting up the hijinks yeah i think it, the first 15 minutes are very representative of the movie because half of it is like really cool awesome stuff that you're like hell yeah like there's a lady with a back projection and, oh and, oh yeah that's that was dope. my favorite where that. he he doesn't have a tv he has a projector it's like okay we're not gonna have a title sequence we will have projections on women <laughs> But they have to be outside of the title sequence. So what is it going to be? Largo's just watching TV. And his TV is the back of a naked woman. So the first 15 minutes has awesome stuff like that, but it also has other stuff. 
that's probably some of the worst thing that Italy has ever done as a nation in the 20th century. That's so boring that you're like, please get me out of here. Starting with yeah. uh, actually Neil Connery's first scene when he's giving this lecture and you're like, what's going on? He's not a spy. <laughs> he he came all like the way Sean from Connery. Edinburgh <laughs> to this plastic surgery hypnotism conference. Though that's what makes but... it feel like a dark place. <laughs> I, I, I gotta say, I was almost expecting when he's taking the bandages of the uh, Japanese girl, I was like, how awesome would it be if it was Sean Connery in his Japanese makeup? <laughs> well, fun fact, uh, the woman, the woman in that scene who kind of is the damsel in distress for much of the film, she is one of the Bath girls in You Only Live Twice. Oh. Well, there you go. There goes another one. Yes. I want to know what, what like... <laughs> Sean Connery's been making these movies. He's doing Thunderball. He's doing You Only Live Twice. And he just notices these Italians just following him, taking notes, you know. He, he's, like, trying to call up all his friends to, like, hang out with them. And they're like, what are you doing? And they're like, uh, uh. It's, it's just like his brother with, like, a fake mustache. <laughs> he goes, he shows up at Thanksgiving dinner. His brothers won't stop like staring at him without blinking. And he's like, what are you doing? And like imitating his, his movements. Yeah, he's behind him. He's trying to walk like him. He's yeah, studying. Like washing his... the dishes the same way Sean Connery's yeah. washing Clockwise, clockwise. Exactly. Like that, like that SpongeBob episode when Patrick tries to imitate uh, SpongeBob to get an award. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. Um, so what happens is someone tries to stab Neil Connery because the evil organization, Fanatos, which is not Spectre, um, they already know he's a bigger threat than his brother. So they send someone to kill him. So a giant scuffle breaks out. And there's a scene. Neil Connery's fisticuffs are so interesting because they're very much staged, but, like, very direct. So there's a moment in the conference where he hypnotizes someone and he, they just stand there, and then he punches them. And it reminded me of that scene in The Simpsons where Dr. Hibbert holds a mirror frame around <laughs> his face for, like, I haven't seen the episode. It's some weird version of Bart. Yeah, and, like, it's Hugo. he punches him through the mirror. Hugo, who has appeared on this podcast before. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, he punches him. Well, maybe it's worth, it's not quite, it's not in the, it's not during the conference. I think it's afterwards. But, um,. It's when the the Japanese girl's body is like stolen on a zip line, mm -hmm. but there's the like a janitor guy or something that comes in, oh, um, yeah. and he grabs his flower be or he sniffs his flower before he dies. That part he sniffs his flower, but what I was gonna say um, is there's a great bit where there's a, a specter lady. Is it Danielle? No, no, it's not Danielle. It's somebody. Is it the dark hair? It's the lady dark... who looks like, is it Rosa Klebb? Yeah, Discount Rosa yeah. Klebb. Oh, Discount Rosa Klebb. Discount Rosa Klebb. Okay. What, what's, the, what's the name of, of Spectre in this? Tesla? Thanatos. 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 One of the most powerful gangs in the world. Th Theranos. Yes. Theranos, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's uh, a recent thing. This is beginning to look pretty serious. That's a, that's a recent thing. It happened as recently as three years ago. Because it's 2020. Something like that. Yeah, not Rosa Klebb and the janitor 
are into stuff and and she's got a knife and he's got a gun and he's like drop the knife and then she, the knife is a gun and it, the knife blade shoots at him and he dies that way and i'm oh like my God, okay there's so many awesome shooting knife blades in this movie it's amazing yeah that that's pretty great this is this is what i was going to get to is that hands down so far the best gadgets are in this movie no question <laughs> oh god no question largo opens up his piano his grand piano there is a speedboat inside it deploys outside it's not even a speedboat it's a rubber raft <laughs> it's a rubber raft. it's a rubber well yeah it's got a well it's got a motor they spend uh, too much then, money on the yacht yeah it's just built in. The other one that, yeah, that I loved, I think it was Danielle Bianchi uh, in the end. She takes off her belt. And of course, you know, in, in the context of these films, you're like, where is this going? The belt inflates and she hurls it like a javelin to kill a guy. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> incredible, incredible gadgets. No, I will say the, the action sequences in this had me smiling from ear to ear yeah, the whole time. Fun. The dialogue scenes had me bored to tears which is usually the case with these rip-off cheapo italian movies you didn't enjoy bernard lee at the auction or you're just like hmm. um no i i enjoyed bernard lee at the end when it seems that neil connor is <laughs> hypnotizing him because he wants to have sex with him. <laughs> <laughs> he takes off his pants to reveal his woman's legs <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bernard Lee has two scenes of Neil Connery that are so different from his scenes with Sean. In the first one, he's like, Neil, you're better than your brother, but you're also a major. And if you don't do this uh, case, you, you will bring disgrace to the family name and I will throw you in jail. You want to risk it, Neil? And you're like, okay. And then at the end, he's like with Neil. He's like, Neil, you're better than your brother. Come into the service. And Neil Connery has like a boat full of women. Yeah, so no, yeah. he's taken he's taken uh, Adolfo Celli's boat um, full of ladies and gadgets. And I guess here we can talk about, I guess we could just talk about the end of the movie, which is pretty great, where he's like, we need you. You're so good, Neil, even though you haven't wanted to do this and you haven't been especially effective at any of the missions we've sent you on. You mostly attend parties. Just like James but, Bond. Yes. <laughs> so he's much like his brother. But basically, um, he's like, you, you, you need to get off this boat. You got to come do spy shit. You're a major. And then he literally does the Obi-Wan, like, you want to go home and rethink your life. And you want to just <laughs> get off the boat. You have to return to London immediately. Isn't that right, Commander? You remember? Mm. Yes, of course. I must return immediately. And he does. And so instead of becoming the new Sean Connery, he becomes the new Largo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Neil, that's scary. He basically becomes Kurtz. <laughs> this weird, <laughs> this weird uh, hermit guy. They have to send Sean up the river to get Neil back. He started a cult because he's hypnotizing all these women to do his bidding on this boat. Well, that's... Exactly. Yeah, you're like, he could hypnotize just all the bad guys to stop doing bad. And the only reason we can assume he's not is because he's he's a bad guy. But what about the archery, Jan? Uh, what about the archery? It's dope. Well, that... Is it? It's just I like... I love the archery. It's, it it's just Goldfinger, but instead of the golf is archery i love archery i love robin hood it's cool it's great the only part that i had fun with 
was that the whole time I'm thinking like, oh, I guess this character's American, and then he comes out in a kilt. Kilt. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, we are such a Scot. And he's like, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I am a Scottish man. Doesn't he teach at Columbia University too? It's confusing, because they say he came to the conference from Edinburgh, but then he tells Bernard Lee Cunningham, I got to get back. I got surgery in Columbia in like an hour, in Columbia University in like an hour. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but I have to go back to Columbia University. I have some operations that are waiting. Imagine the patient like in the surgery room. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> like, is anyone there? I do want to point out that Neil Connery has a reputation for being a great doctor, but we only see him work on one patient in the whole movie and she dies. Like, he loses that patient. He very much loses that he patient. Lo he, they lose her twice because we think she's dead. They save her. And then she gets killed. Yeah. yeah. And the other one he hypnotizes to become, like, a violent animal. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible doctor. Terrible doctor. Hell of a spy, though. Yeah, that's, that's the other plot. It's Largo wants to take over uh, Thanatos. And uh, he wants to hire Dr. Neil to make another guy have the face of not Blofeld. It's such a stupid fucking point. Wait, I love it. He's reveling in it. Adolfo Selly's in his element. He's having so much fun. He's like the star scream. So like uh, Anthony Dawson is not Blofeld. He's like, he's like poisoning people's drinks. And there's this really cool shot where whenever someone gets poisoned for going against him, it like goes behind yeah. the glass. And, 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 like and he, uh, he talks like Skeletor. Yeah, He's like, eh, hey, this is our evil plan. Yeah, <laughs> But we still do not have the atomic nucleus we require. It, it's weird that it's just like, at first it's just like, the, that one guy is just, I will not. Uh, what happens again? It was like, he failed his mission. Anthony Dawson's like, you failed. I'm going to kill you. And then the guy pulls out a gun and goes like, aha. Oh, yeah, he pulls out a gun. <laughs> he tries to just shoot him. <laughs> he tries to shoot him and he's like, and then he's just like, sit back down. And he drinks his water. Surprise, it's poisoned. So now everybody knows the poisoned water trick. It's not like Spectre who had, you know, they have the chairs that electrocute you and then dump your body off. Yeah. It's like an honor test, you know. Yeah, and you can only get away with the water trick once. So but they try it again. They try it again. <laughs> and now they're just peer pressuring Adolfo Celli yeah. to drink the water. <laughs> They're like, do it. He's drink like, the water. Am I supposed to drink that? I'd be obliged if you would. So what does he do? That statue he bought at auction with Bernard <laughs> Lee? He like drinks the water, pretends to be dead, and then presses a button and a knife goes flying across the room and stabs Anthony Dawson. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, our second flying knife it's, it's the funniest villain death scene since tali al ghul in the dark knight right it's pretty it's great delightful. and then afterwards he gets up after he does his fake out death and he goes like i took this drug that makes me immune to all poisons yes <laughs> but you were poisoned a moroccan drug it conditions the body against poison <laughs> I'm just like, why don't you just switch the water? That seems yeah, simple. It's, it's just, it's just instead of like, I had a cobra bite me in the penis for a year straight so that I was it's like, <laughs> I knew this would happen. This is my plan B. 
why is this your plan B? But basically, yeah, so, so that's like a kind of, you know, a classic late, like, you know, villain seizes more power move. But then he basically continues the same plan, doesn't he? Which is that yeah. Yeah, there's pointless. going to be there's going to it's, be an it's just EMP. Padding for the movie. It's going to take out all technology, including guns. This thing is no good. The magnetic wave has blocked it. Which are including mechanical. Guns, guns. That's what that's that's why the final battle is horse versus machine. It's symbolic. No, it's archer versus archer. Car versus horse. Yes. <laughs> it's uh, written by Donald Kaufman. <laughs> yes, I think I think Neil literally has a line that. It's not quite the same, but I could always just thinking of Brian Cranston and Godzilla. They're gonna send us back to the Stone Age. <laughs> Thanatos could send the world back to the Stone Age. It's basically the stakes. How how you do know. you remember that movie? That's the only I think that it's in the trailer. I mean, I remember the yeah, trailer. Yeah, it is in the trailer because everyone thought Brian Cranston was gonna be the main guy, and then he. But God. but also I did make a note. He's like, I understand him. They're gonna send us back to the stone. He's like, that's why we need you on this mission. He's like, no, I don't want to do it. <laughs> uh, and then she, oh yeah, and then he says, you wouldn't want to spoil your family name. Yes. You wouldn't want to spoil your good family name in front of a court martial. And then they look at Sean Connery like in the theater. He's like, what the fuck? Leave me alone. And they and they flip him off. Yeah, they flip him off. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember the line when, uh, when Adolfo Celli is just like, alternate vibrators inserted. Alternate vibrators. Alternate vibrators inserted. Oh yeah. <laughs> I like that line. That was fun. Wait, I'm I'm gonna I have to fart. Okay. Do you remember the produce? It's the director, the producer's wife. She's kind of the Viona Folpi. She's the other woman besides uh, Dan Daniela Bianchi. The one that wears oh. the poodle hat. Yeah, the one who works her poodle out, and her whole way to get Neil Connery compromised is looking for things. <laughs> is looking for things, constantly going wherever he is and dropping stuff. And he's like, "Do you ever stand up?" Well, no, that's how he actually talks in the movie. He's more like, yeah. "Do you ever stand Do up?" Do you ever stand up? Do you ever walk upright like other people? No, it it happens <laughs> not once, not twice, three fucking times. She's on her knees looking for something, and this he's always sequence. like, "What are you looking for?" Have you lost anything? Yes. My bow. A few moments later. What have you lost now? My necklace. Twelve seconds later. What have you lost this time? Oh, I've lost my lighter. And, and then he hypnotizes her and... Uh, and then she dies. And then she dies. Jesus. It happens back to back. It's like at, right after the archery contest, she's like, oh, help me find my earring or whatever the fuck. And he's like, I'm trying to get my reward. And Bernard Lee's like, no, you got to get on your plane. And then they go to that weird, like like not Beatles like concert where they just sound like Beavis and Butthead humming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like looking just happy to be there. Everyone's just like... dancing. And then she's already there. So he gets on the plane right as he lands, he finds her again and she's lost something. <laughs> And she's wearing a ridiculous fucking poodle hat. Yeah, she has a different outfit every time, but this is all happening, like, back to back. Is is this a scene where we land in the airport and there's, like, a go-go band? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and that's they, what we were talking about. They're, the like, Beatles singing, concert. like... So they, they sound, sound like, like Animal from the Muppets. Yeah, which I gotta say, when you land in Italy, that is exactly how it's like. That That's... <laughs> 100 percent correct it's what italians think uh british rock group sounded like <laughs> <laughs> all this noise like this is why the movie's not a spoof like in classic bond fashion he pretty much shows up at a party they find him 
And they're like, uh, come over here. And he's like, okay. And, uh, oh, I also know. I think <laughs> they're trying to do the Goldfinger thing, right? They're trying to yeah. be like, he's just going to chill with the villain. And it, it's going to be tense and and uh, del delightfully devilish, you know. But uh, there's the tension is just not there. And uh, Neil ain't bringing it. Zero risk. Yeah. He seems to be getting along with Adolfo Celli, in fact, because he's just so passive. They, they are buddies. <laughs> Which I guess explains why he wants his life at the end. That's a good reading of the movie that actually, like, <laughs> Neil Connery, it's, it's a story of him becoming evil. Oh, it's it, it's the talented Mr. Ripley. He's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's torn between two worlds, you know. He was a simple doctor and hypnotist, and then he has to choose between serving the crown yeah. and taking Largo's yacht. He, and he just... discovered that he can use his hypnotism skills instead to help people to, like, have sex with women and uh, tell the head of MI6 what to do. But it's okay because Largo just announces within earshot of all his employees, I'm going to kill everyone! So Daniela Bianchi is like, okay. No, he doesn't announce that to everybody. Oh, no, that's right. Connery can read lips, which is established early on at the conference. Some guy makes a crack to Daniela Bianchi and he goes and responds and goes like, what the fuck, man? And he's like, how did you hear me? He's like, ah, I didn't hear you, but I could read your lips. Excuse me, doctor. I really thought that I was just whispering. Actually, it's my fault. I didn't hear you, but I am capable of lip reading. More like, Oh, shit. He's perfect. Yeah, it's a bold choice for an Italian film that is entirely dubbed and that <laughs> the voices do not match no. what you're seeing at all. The filmmakers are asking us to study everyone's lip movements very carefully. <laughs> I will give credit to this movie. It has a shot where he's seeing Largo and just his lips moving. And just with that, you know that he's lip reading. This was one year before 2001 A Space Odyssey. So, Stanley it's Kubrick, true. eat your heart out. Oh my god. Stanley Kubrick clearly was watching all three <laughs> Bond movies in 1967. Yeah. Oh my god, what a cursed year. <laughs> yeah, like, um, you know, it's, it's weird. You can read uh, pictures at the Revolution... And not one Bond movie is mentioned in it. And you're like, what? Yeah, Mark, Mark Harry's is a fucking hack. But hack. yeah, it's, it's been three weeks. And we still haven't gotten out of, of 1967. Actually, you've unlocked one of my notes. Because in addition to 2001, I was also thinking Mission Impossible 3. Oh! <laughs> because oh. Uh, okay. it's the same sort of gag where... They set up in the beginning that he could read the lips, and it's a spy movie. And then at the end, he has to use it again. So it's set up, mm -hmm, payoff, mm -hmm, spy movie, mm -hmm. lip reading. Because I was reading my notes, and I, I wrote just kind of like MI3. And I totally right. forgot why I wrote this until you <laughs> mentioned this. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the that's thing with notes. <laughs> you would think that, uh, you know, watching those impossible films, oh, yeah, you know, they're drawing from the spy genre, the classic tropes. All of them are in the Bond film somewhere, aren't they? Well, Neil had a few tricks up his sleeve. The Italians were ahead yeah. of the game. They were ahead of the game. They were ahead of the game. They figured it all out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, I need to bring up... So, Adolfo Celli's character, he's named, they say Thayer. By the way, my name is Fair. Right? Like, Bernard but Lee. But he's Beta. 
He's beta in the organization. He is beta in the organization, but his actual name is Theb <laughs> because on Letterboxd and on the subtitles, because I watched it on Prime, the subtitles on Prime say his name is Mr. Ty. And at first, <laughs> I'm watching the movie, and it's Bernard Lee goes like, oh, Mr. <laughs> and I'm just like, is Bernard Lee drunk? Is his name supposed to be Mr. Ty? Is this just how he pronounces Ty? <laughs> when he's like, like this middle-aged British thespian. <laughs> and so I was horribly confused. And then everybody keeps calling him Mr. Thayer. Fair. Fair. Thayer, the champion archer. And I'm like, why is he called Mr. Ty? <laughs> is this like, is he called that in the Italian version? Maybe. Maybe. Or, or it could be some some AI subtitle shenanigans. The, the, the version that you watched uh, randomly turn uh, into Italian at certain points? No. No. No, wait. No, there were scenes, but I thought that was intentional because they were in Italy in those scenes. No, I watched right? it on YouTube. Yeah, I watched it on YouTube too. Was that not supposed to be Italian? What, what, no, there's a part where they're literally talking in English, and then they switch to Italian for like a second, and then they switch. Yeah, to it's English. like a there, Godard. There, movie. I think there's a few lines ah. that are Italian. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a Godard movie. Godard did that all the time. I, I don't think so, Troy. <laughs> I'm gonna this go. This movie is like the French New Wave. Of, <laughs> well, of it, it did. It did usher in new Hollywood. It inspired. It ushered in such new Hollywood. Stanley Kubrick, um, and 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 J.J. Abrams. <laughs> All the you icons know, of New Hollywood. Exactly. Are you saying that this movie has more of an influence than Kevin McClory? I would never. I, uh, please. I just no, wanna, no, I, I wanna didn't say that. I did not say that. Kevin's coming after you now. Well, can you go back and, and just erase yeah, that? we're taking yeah. that out. Can you talk about how, okay, Sean made Never Say Never Again, couldn't get anyone to come with him because it would be betraying the broccoli. <laughs> But everyone is in this movie except Sean. And it's like, what? And by all accounts, they have no regrets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Lois... They hired everyone back for the next one. Yeah. Lois Maxwell Sean. did say she was paid more for the single movie than for all of her official Bond films put together. Yeah. Which, oh, boy. Royalties, folks. They gave her a, a plate of microwaved pasta. And that was more And told than her to sit. And watch James Bond throw his hat and swoon a little bit. He swoons a little bit. So I, so in my notes, I guess, I'm not quite sure what this has to do with uh, Largo's EMP, but he has a bunch of blind men, and they're like weaving radioactive rugs. That is the funniest scene in the entire film. <laughs> where, where Neil Connery, has, he's in disguise. In my opinion, one of the best moments, when he tells one of the blind guys, the stuff that you're working on is radioactive. And the blind guy goes, what do you mean? And Neil Connery goes, that the stuff that you're working on is radioactive. You're working with radioactive material, it will kill you. What is it that you mean by that? You are working with radioactive materials, do you understand? It will kill you. They're trying to murder us, that is why we have the souls, we must go. He's like, that's interesting, yeah. He's man he manages to tell one person and does this sound okay? So they keep talking about what they need, like an atomic core. What are they trying to get? No, it's an atomic nucleus. But we still do not have the atomic nucleus. They are literally looking for the nucleus of an atom, which is 
everywhere. Yes. Uh, we need atoms. We need precious atoms for our. We've for got our to bomb. have atoms. Yeah. Again, it's like the scene in Oppenheimer with the with the marbles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in order to get it, to speed up the process, uh, Danielle Bianchi and her cohorts uh, shoot sleeper darts at, like, a military convoy. They steal the truck, and they plaster uh, it into, like, a carnival truck. Yeah, and it's called so the... boring. But then, but then the truck is called the Wild Pussy Show. <laughs> okay, that did make me smile. Yeah. I knew enough English to figure out that that punnery exactly. This I think it's a little more than punnery at this point. It's just straight up like there's no like cat on the car. It's just No, but they're dressed as cats oh. at one point in the movie. The whole part of the plan is they have to dress yeah, as cats. Yeah, and the soundtrack is going meow 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 meow. Oh right. <laughs> Oh, I forgot oh, yeah. about that. And Neil best score to to date. Yeah. I didn't even realize that they were dressed like cats. I was just like Yeah, they were cats. Oh, they're just going like wild pussy show. Jake, that's the same thing you said when we went to see cats. <laughs> Where's the butthole cut of the wild pussy show? Why well, was denied my butthole cut? I, I completely memory hold this scene, that's right. But they do dress as cats, but before they dress as cats, just to get the convoy to stop. They are dressed as can-can dancers. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, wonderful and, scene. Wonderful scene. And then they basically stop, beat them up, and then go run and change so they can become be cats for then the next part of the, the, the Daniela Bianchi's brilliant plan. Yeah. But then Connery's brilliant plan, he's undercover with these blind men. He decides to go right up to Largo and touch his face, as we discussed. And then he's like, wait a minute, you're, you're Neil Connery. And he, he's like, all right. I need you to do the surgery that because you're such a good surgeon. He's like, okay. He's like, don't worry. We'll be watching you through thick glass. We'll just be in this other room where we can't reach you. And he's like, good, thank you. I need, I need my space because he's gonna hypnot. So this is this is the thing that's unclear. He uses his hypnotism as like anesthesia, so he does plastic surgery on people without anesthesia. <laughs> He's like Mother Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Mother basically- Mother Teresa's uh, brother, of course, was the man from UNCLE, as we all remember. Yes, okay. yeah, Teresa, so, as he's known. <laughs> so, but they don't realize that if you leave Neil Connery in a room with literally anyone, he'll just be like, all right, you're asleep actually kill and then the guy just jumps through the glass and beats up Largo. I had to rewind that part because I'm just like, am I missing something? No, what? it's super How clear. It... It's, it's yeah. like when someone hypnotizes you and they say when you wake up you'll be a chicken. And then when he wakes up, he's a chicken. Like, what's... He basically can turn anyone into a sleeper agent. No, but it goes from, like, zero to a hundred. So I'm just like... Because I, I, I was kind of not paying attention at the previous part. And then all of a sudden, this guy just starts screaming like a banshee. And it just goes like, ah! <laughs> Jumps through the and window. Through starts choking. He's choking Adolfo Chelli. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Did he hypnotize him? What did he say? I forget. And, and, and Largo kills him with, like, guns that come out of the ceiling. <laughs> yes, he has a button. That's all right. Another wonderful gadget. There are just gun barrels that stick out of the ceiling, built Which into the ceiling. Which also predates Saw, because Jigsaw uses the same gag 
to kill Danny Glover's partner <laughs> in the first Saw movie. And if you've seen Saw 3, uh, the whole plot of that movie is Amanda telling a doctor lady, you have to cure Jigsaw, and if you if his heart stops beating, so will yours. And those oh exact God. same words are used in this movie. If it stops, so will yours. Oh, when right. Dr. Neil yeah is operating like this movie really just like just like thunderbolt just like casino royale it inspired so many classics so many classics but Neil yeah connery gets a check every time a reel of celluloid goes through a film strip <laughs> this just in uh kevin mcclory's ghost is suing neil connery's ghost for everything oh my he's god got. sean connery you know there has to have been a party where like neil and kevin got in a fight and Sean was like, boys, boys, please shop it. Is he claiming his toolbox? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin McClory stole Neil Connery's tools. No, he's like, he's like, I invented those tools. Yeah, Why are those you? Those are my tools. Those are my tools. <laughs> and he just took the, Those tools are a property of Kevin McClory. He, he took them and didn't give them back. Kevin calls Sean up. I got your brother's fucking tools. <laughs> <laughs> You fucking idiot. That's the whole reason why he's in this movie. <laughs> that was my plan. That was my plan. Now you have no choice but to be in Never Say Never Again. Uh, was Kevin McClory also Scottish? Yes. Yeah. No. Mac or Mick? Mick. Mick. Yes. Oh, he's probably Irish. Okay. Like he transcends nationality. Yeah, he's, no, he is Irish. He is Irish. He's from Dunleary. Oh, yeah, I think we. Dunleary. I hope we put the right bits in, Jake. I mean, my God. Oh no, if we, we did. If we were, if we were off Well, the, the Irish music has just been playing nonstop for the past minute. Oh right, now that you mention it. I, um, I did hear a, a faint something. Well, that's just me. Whenever I walk into a room. Troy, you're like 10% like Irish. I excuse you, I am 8.5% Irish <laughs> and overperformed by one point, by 2%. Oi, did I, did I? Jan, he's culturally Irish. Look at the green that's behind him. He, yeah, he identifies as Irish. I actually do. Um, I will say that according to my DNA painting, um, my Irish genes did overperform, and they are on my chromosome where I get my hemoglobin along with my Italian genes. So my hemoglobin in my blood is either Irish or Italian. Congratulations. I wouldn't want to see those two hemoglobins in a, in a bar together. Okay. Um... A hemoglobin walks into a bar and he goes, Hey, are you Neil Connery, star of stage and screen? And Neil Connery goes, yes, that's me, not my brother. Did you know that Sean Connery stole 50 bucks from me? My deadbeat that's... brother who was a milkman stole 10. My degenerate uh, dick uh, brother stole 50 bucks from me. He goes around punching old people thinking they're his brother. <laughs> Are you Sean? Are you Sean? And then Sean finally is holding out the $50 to him in the afterlife. Kevin McClory snatches it. Okay, but the weird thing is what you're basically describing is the beginning of Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah, you know, I read that uh, Sean Connery uh, 
was buried. He asked to be buried with those $50 so that Neil would never... <laughs> no, no, he was cremated with those $50. Yeah. <laughs> just like, it's just like Bella Lugosi being buried with his Dracula cake. I'm coming. He invited Neil to watch the cremation, and Neil's like, wait, that's the $50! No! <laughs> like, he was holding them like, like flowers. <laughs> Fantastic. And his tools. It's, it was it was the fifty dollars and Neil's tools that he was creating. No, Neil's like no. And as his body is burning in the, in the flames, all that there is is air being released, and the air sounds like you're the man now, dog. You're the man now, dog. You're... <laughs> For some reason, despite being Scottish of Irish descent, they gave him a, a Viking. <laughs> <laughs> If you if you go to his castle in Scotland uh, at night, you can very faintly still hear, "You're the man now, dog." Sean Connery went to the grave with a lot of bits, a lot of bits he had to finish. People will tell you his memory wasn't so good in those final years, but let me tell you, some things never leave you. Some things never leave you. Well, just to finish off this discussion. Yeah, you will notice we're not talking about OK Connor anymore because I don't think there's anything more to talk about. So, like, here's the thing. When you're watching OK Connery, it's very boring. And then there's, like, a moment when, like, Lois Maxwell pops out of a bush with a machine gun and is, like, firing away. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. we do need to talk about that. That, that like, scene was, I was... I yep. was cheering, I was yelling, I was laughing, I was crying. You were hooting and hollering. I as was they hooting say. and hollering. It was incredible. Uh, I I think at one point like they have flamethrowers. Oh yeah, they have flamethrowers. <laughs> Sean Connery predates ever. Rambo and he fires an arrow. Neil, Neil Connery. Doctor Neil, Neil Doctor Neil Connery. <laughs> Doctor Professor Hypnotist Neil Connery. I keep getting them confused with his degenerate milkman brother. <laughs> you know what the difference is, Jake? Both of these men went to people's houses delivering white fluid, milk and plaster. But you know which one kept track of them. Sean, and that's why he has he the fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, but there's a little bit left in this movie. So basically, Largo. Oh no! Wait, the, we're doing the fight okay. scene. So Neil Connery, not degenerate brother Sean, fires his arrow. And triggers a giant explosion at the gates or the security guard's gate because his mm -hmm. arrow does like some sort of electrical nonsense, which <laughs> causes the chain reaction to blow something up. And I'm like, this is Rambo, too. Oh, yeah. right. Rambo. Exploding arrows. They, yep. they basically start like a Vietnam War in Europe uh, to rescue this girl. What's her name? Uh, the woman from You Only Live Twice in the Best. I think she was dating James Mason at the time. Oh, oh, the wild. Japanese girl who dies like three times. Y y Yashiko. Yashiko. Yeah, they go to rescue Yashiko. And then I think Yang. the very next scene, uh, they're just talking to each other. She gets shot. <laughs> Neil Connery right, right. has no reaction whatsoever to her death. And then a guy shows up with a gun to shoot Neil Connery, and then that guy gets shot, and yeah, yeah. No, it's the discount. It's it's discount Rosa Klebb who comes up. No, no, no. She's already dead. Yeah, it's the no, guy it's, it's, who yeah. shoots 
Discount Rosa Club shows up. It's it's yeah. a guy, but it's very very funny how Neil doesn't have any expression at all. Yeah, if you thought if you thought his brother was a little unemotional in <laughs> when his when his I was going to say I owe him an apology for you only live twice because he is Jerry Lewis in that movie compared to his brother in I was going to say but Neil never put on an ethnic disguise and i'm like wait no he does he does do blackface in this okay yeah all right yes Uh yeah so he goes undercover but yeah basically you know they 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 do the battle with largo he has a little piano boat and then the big fight with all the arrows is in this cave which i guess is protected from the emp because he's got he's got his gadgets he's got his little buttons you know and then they basically have a like a, a close quarters face off with bows and arrows and spear guns. You don't yeah. see that every day. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, it's kind of dope. Like it's kind of fun. And to watch. and he's dressed like a Power Ranger. Yeah. No, he's he's dressed like uh, Michael Jackson in Thriller. <laughs> oh yeah. No yeah. Uh, That's right. The Thanatos people basically have the Michael Jackson jacket from Thriller. Yeah. Like it looks one to one. And it looks good on Adolfo Selly. Like he wears it well. Like, I don't know. Adolfo Selly holds his own in this movie. Well, because he like, gets the best shit. costumes. He's in a smoking jacket with a woman that's also his TV. <laughs> he has his uh, thriller suit. <laughs> that's why he agreed to be in this movie. Now that is Riz. That is what Neil Connery is missing. Is that kind of of ma- raw masculine power? Lois Maxwell can cover up as much of his face. As she wants. I forget. I might. She should have been the main character. She was so cool in this. Oh yeah, it should have just been M and Money Penny. Uh, Neil Connery. It should have been like the Money Penny Diaries or something. Oh yeah, the Money Penny Diaries would have been great. I'm convinced that part of why Neil Connery is a hypnotist is because they could just focus on his eyes and trick you into thinking it's Sean. Uh, yes. I think it's because they needed a reason for why he would have success with women. Well, they needed something. Hey, Neil Connery was happily married and is the proud father of two children. What was? He needed a way to be cool and powerful where he can just stand there and they can just zoom in on him and that he doesn't have to do anything. Um, but yeah, they have but a big yeah. old fight in the cave. They're shooting arrows. There are horses. And that's when the movie becomes like all the James Bond movies combined. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Basically, he's even flying a, a helicopter. Now, Sean Connery was chased by a regular side helicopter. Yes. yes. Yeah. He flew a small helicopter. Now Nelly. it's the other way around. Neil doesn't fly little Nelly. Neil flies regular Nelly because he's a, he's, he's bigger and better. Clearly. Yeah. So that's fun. But that's pretty much, yeah, I think we just covered the whole movie. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, this is our shortest episode ever. (laughs) Oh my God. Daniela Bianchi, again, uh, she's not playing a radical character here, but she's on screen a lot and she gets to show a lot of emotions, which again, kind of like Ursula Andress in Casino Royale. It's like, oh yeah, Yeah. all these people kind of act, except for Neil. Well, that's the thing. It's it's kind of fascinating in like the the franchise that is one guy and the only other recurring characters get like one or two yeah. scenes per movie at the most. Yeah, and everyone's and, there just to serve him. And so here's all of them being like, we're gonna we want to double dip. No, no, no. The the producers really were like Bernard Lee, get on all fours. 
we're gonna milk you. We we will milk your tits. And who Please was the milkman? The milkman leans in with Sean Connery. <laughs> He's like, you betrayed He's me, like, Bernard. I'm gonna milk you. That's my milk. He's just taunting Neil with the fifty dollars on set while he's milking Bernard. <laughs> I will say that apparently the producers did ask Sean to be in the film, and he, in, according to Wikipedia, he emphatically refused. Emphatically, now, I don't know. yeah. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm guessing... Get the fuck out of my house. He chased him with a golf club. <laughs> <laughs> he chased him with a golf cart and a gun <laughs> and, an, and a bow and arrow. Do, do, you wanna, do you want me to take out my tools? I will beat you with them. I will beat you with my brother's own tools that I stole. Wait, I thought Kevin McClory stole the tools. Did Sean Connery No, steal? but he gave them they to were Sean in Connery. Oh, Kevin McClory and Sean Connery are best friends. Just like in Never Say Never Again, they were working together. Yes. They were in Yeah, they were working together to undermine. Oh, my God. I think we, 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 talked, we talked last week about, like, the, the Jim Hanks parallels to this, right? Who? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Woody's voice. Woody. The, the voice oh, of Woody. Oh, yeah. Kingdom Hearts Woody. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't think we talked about this on the podcast. Oh, well, just to reiterate, my, my understanding is that Jim Hanks, brother of Tom, is not is also not an actor, but at a certain point, he became... He, he'd do it. He, he'll, he's your Woody if Tom is busy. Sean Connery would never... That's the thing. Sean Connery wanted to let James Bond go, and he was not willing to... You know, give his blessing to a Jim, a Jim Connery, yeah, or a Neil Connery, right? Yeah, and it's interesting. Okay, Connery. Again, we're leaving 1967, where we've had three films in a row, which are kind of like, how does the Bond series continue without Connery? And yeah, the question now on the table. It's interesting. Okay, Connery is the last gasp of maybe that moment in time. Well, maybe not the last gasp. Diamonds Are Forever is the last gasp. Of that moment in time where people thought James Bond was a huge success solely because of Sean Connery. So, like, you can't imagine it without him. This was the peak of Bond mania. Yeah, you well, everybody was trying to uh, distill what is it about these movies that's making everybody go fucking crazy. Is it, is it, is it the women? Do you need a Sean could you put in a George, possibly, or a Neil? Or a Peter, or a David, or a Woody, or an, or an Ursula? Or a, or a man that is older than Sean Connery? Or a Jim Hanks? Exactly. All, yeah, like you are saying, all in 1967, everybody, including Broccoli and Saltzman, they're like, okay, what is, we, we, we figured out the Bond formula, but what is James Bond? What, what did we do right what yeah what is the thing that works what's the thing is they come out of this year without a clear answer and i guess we'll look into this more next week but the broccolis themselves the keepers of the flame also had to answer this question because they were without a connery we went from two conneries to none at all Zero. no conneries at all this was the perfect audition to not get cast as the new james bond Oh, yeah. <laughs> I honestly was thinking while we've been talking, I'm like, did the Broccoli's, like, they never said anything about this film. Did they, like, quietly, like, let it happen to see if, like, Neil Connery? I mean, could, I'm like, sure that if he'd done a good job, that they would have at least considered him. But they, they, they preferred to cast a, an Australian plank of wood over this 
Scottish. Who was also wood. not an actor at all. I bet if Neil Connery was given that plank of wood, he could have plastered it pretty good. He was the master at that. It, it's it's truly a shame. Uh, it's his tricks of the trade. If only his tools hadn't been stolen. Not of his own doing. Not really. Like, we lost one of the plastering greats due to his rivalry with Kevin McClory. <laughs> yeah. This um, very Neil elaborate Connery, scheme between Kevin McClory and Connery. Neil Connery would continue to be a plasterer. He made an he made a he did a couple more acting gigs, including the 1975 sci-fi film *The Body Steals*, *Body Stealers*, uh, before retiring from plastering in uh, 1983 after an on-site accident. Didn't he fall off a ladder or something? Yes. And what else happened? Yeah. Wait. This guy's the biggest fuck up I've ever. <laughs> wait, but guys, what else happened in 1983? Uh, no. oh, oh god, no. Never say never again was released. It was Sean's Revenge. Oh my god. <laughs> now I'm just imagining the final shot of Never Say Never Again where uh Sean Connery winks. And, then... and he's winking at his brother falling off the ladder. <laughs> that causes him to fall off the ladder. I can never be a plasterer again. And he shouts up to the heavens, No! Or, or the beginning of Never Say Never Again is like is the same song, but set to like a slow motion video of Neil Connery falling. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's, it's the Bond title sequence. Yeah, set to Neil on a ladder. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Now I'm just thinking of uh, of the writings on the wall, but with Neil Connery falling in silhouette. <laughs> into the childhood of sean and neil uh, no no one cares about that those were the only two siblings it looks like it was just sean and neil uh sean was known as tommy as a child uh who grew rapidly around the age of 12 um and he had an irish childhood friend named seamus and to get along all the irish people would call them seamus and sean and that's when he became sean connery oh. uh, well anyways uh <laughs> I, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit more about the, the, the grand finale because um, I was dozing off a little bit because the movie was so boring. It really is yeah, one of those really movies slow. that when you're watching it, you're kind of bored out of your mind and then you remember it and you're yeah. like, that, that, was, that was awesome. <laughs> you know? But uh, at the time I was dozing off and I kind of like kept waking up and then there were like... Uh, People riding on horses, like raiding the 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 secret lair. It's pretty cool. And I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" And also, the fight between him and Largo, like every other fight in this movie, is just hilarious. And I can't put my finger on why. Just some something about the way that is shot, how they're just like punching each other with no choreography. Yeah. It's from a so distance, funny. so you can get the stunt doubles in. Yeah. Like yeah. when the when the, the first mm -hmm. fight scene when when everyone just breaks out fighting in the in the lecture room is incredible. <laughs> it's I don't know why, but I think it's hilarious. There you go. So this movie's got a lot of peaks and valleys for you, Jane. I know I'm very torn. I I wish I liked it more, but the experience of watching it was kind of drab for for 
a big chunk. Yeah, that was that's the problem. As I'm watching it, I don't know if it needs a restoration. I don't know if we want to fund like a restoration. You want to you want to appreciate this the way it was meant to be seen. Yeah, no, I like that. I watched it like this, like a thing that I was never supposed to to see, like something that we found in a trunk in an attic. A curio. Something, yeah, something yeah. out of Grandpa's house. Uh, shall we wrap it up? Wait, no, the yeah. archery scene? The archery school is pretty dope. Yeah, okay, we, yeah, that's the one thing that we needed to talk about a little bit before we get to the end. Is Yeah, we pretty much talked about everything out of order because who fucking cares? Who cares? Who cares? No, no one's going to click on this episode. No one's going to be like, oh, yeah, I want their take on, on the Operation Kid Brother. I'm pretty sure people will still think this movie does not exist if they're, like, while they're listening to it. We've done it. Mystery Science Theater. Like, guys, this movie is pretty much a James Bond movie with all the James Bond actors. It was made fun of on Mystery Science Theater 3000, and still, like, none of us had heard of it. Like, this movie will never have. I mean, I I heard of it, but I had never seen it. Because, like... Why the fuck would you watch it? Why the fuck would you watch it? But, okay, so... Uh, okay, let's just wrap it up. Do, do we all think that the oh, ending wait. fight scene is awesome. Troy, were you going to say something about that? Yeah. Yes, I was going to say something about that. And let me know when we're wrapping up, because I got some more Daniela Bianchi fun facts. Okay. No! Oh. <laughs> all right, uh, well, what do you think about that duel? Oh, the duel is so great. Where, where Howard Narrows? Oh my God! The director of this movie, um, Alberto Martin. Al, what's it, what's his freaking name? Antonio Alber Margariti. Alberto Di Martino. He like he has such an interesting eye. Sometimes in the movie, a lot of it is shot like shit, but sometimes it gets really interesting. <laughs> and like, I love those zooms. In the, oh, the zooms are fantastic. I, I like the shot when uh, the first guy gets poisoned with the piss water. And we oh, see yeah. it through and it's, the bottle. <laughs> and you see it through the glass. It's yeah. Fantastic. Ah, that's a great shot. Uh, but yeah, the archery duel, it like narrows again. It's all about the eyes. It's like Connery's eyes and Sully's eyes. And like they fire and you see where the arrows land and you see it like hit Sully. And then he's like, oh, and it's like two worthy adversaries. I've talked again how my big issue with a lot of the James Bond movies is that Bond doesn't really have a satisfying showdown with the bad guy in them. They're just kind of disposed of. But and is here, it? It's like he has a finger. delayed reaction. It's like yeah, he smiles, it's great. It's and then he's like, "Oh wait, I got shot," and then he dies. Yeah, no, it's it's trying to be dramatic, but it is kind of weird because <laughs> the 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 timing's a little bit off because it's just like hmm. Because doesn't Neil get, like, hit in the arm or something like that? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he gets in the arm. I think they both draw blood. And then Jelly's just like, hmm. And right, then, and then he, he falls back yeah. and we kind of see that he got it in the heart. No, it's like the the editing's off. Uh, the pacing's off. I'm sorry, Troy. I don't think it's as awesome as you think it is. It was cool. It was cool in the moment. It's a little off, but that's what makes it interesting. Well, that's what makes it Italian. Uh, yeah, it's like it's, a, it's Italian freeform jazz. I yeah. mean, I don't really need James Bond to have a final showdown with the bad guy. But it's catharsis. But it's like it's Batman and the Joker, right? It's like why do you need for no, them to No, but Batman duke and the Joker out? always do have a final showdown. No, even and then the the Joker fakes his death, so you still get the catharsis. But like that's Batman 101. Like isn't like the whole Joker's whole thing. Well, what am I talking about? Okay, yeah, I guess it's cool. <laughs> it's fine. In theory, it's fine. In execution, it's wonky. 
It's an Italian movie. This is all anti-Italian discrimination, what I'm hearing right now. Yeah. And as yeah, yeah, someone yeah. who's 25% Italian, I say, how dare you insult the fine people of Ireland? I, I am 50% Italian, and it's the 50% I'm ashamed of this a lot. No, it, it's true. We've, we've done a lot of things. A lot of things. But speaking of Italians, uh, Troy, what fun facts do you have about Daniela Bianchi? Oh, yeah. So why part of why they made this movie is that her and Alberto DiMartino had made a series of, of uh, Italian spy thrillers that were kind of a take on James Bond. Um, including Guido Lollabrigida, Gina Lollabrigida's brother, who's also in this movie. Um, so her and him just made all these movies, including the film before this about CIA secret agent 077, <laughs> named uh, Dick Malloy. Uh, that movie was called Special Mission Lady Chaplin. So I have to wonder if it was also a Charlie Chaplin takeoff. But Daniela Bianchi, the year before this, also made a movie called uh, Bell Logic Caper, which was also a James Bond spoof. And the only person they could get to be in it besides her was Harold Sukata. Oh. Okay. Did you know that uh, Daniela Bianchi uh, wrote Free Willy? <laughs> well, she wrote it about uh, Sean. <laughs> no, she wrote it about Neil because it was originally called uh, Free Neely. Yeah, because uh, the, the the plight of uh, Willie the whale trying to get out into the ocean is very similar to Neil wanting his fifty dollars back from his brother exactly. Sean. So it's, yeah. it's, it's it buys him his freedom. It's it's a very rich text. It's Willie could be metaphorically searching for his freedom, aka his fifty dollars, or he could be searching for freedom or, or from tools. the people who betrayed him by starring in a movie without him. No, you're you now know, you're pulling a, a, Paul, now you're pulling a me. You're confusing Dr. Neil Connery. Neil Connery. Plasterer, hypnotist, plastic surgeon spy with Milkman all-around reprobate Sean Connery. <laughs> it, it was actually uh, Sean Connery and Kevin McClory who came in, and they said, you got to change this and make it about a whale who needs to escape because they didn't want the bad publicity. And that's how we get that piece of shit movie. Do you think that when they were making Diamonds Are Forever, Lois Maxwell and Bernard Lee had to like quietly go up to Sean and go, hey, Sean, long time no see. Um, Neil told me to ask you if you have any money on you. You would really like the fifty dollars back, and Sean's like, F "Fuck you." No, oh, sure, mate. I don't don't have fifty quid on me. One final thought. Um, I don't know why, but the uh, guy that uh, plays Largo kind of reminds me of the bully from Arthur. <laughs> what? Binky? Binky Barnes? Yeah. From Arthur? I can't picture him. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it, because he has the big jowls, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the little ears? It's like, yeah, he, he has a similar shape face. Yeah, he has Adolfo Selly. They try to make him look so small in Thunderball. Here he really gets to own his Binky energy. Now yeah, just imagine Binky that. watching TV on, on, like, Francine's back or something. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> on DW's back. No, God, oh, God no. no. No, Paul, no. Uh, now no, now, no, now no. Neil Connery is the, is the Arthur meme with his fist. Yeah. <laughs> 
no, that's Sean. No, no, no. Sean Connery is Arthur. Neo is DW. And the James Bond franchise is the model airplane. I told you not to play with my airplane. My God. And Bernard Lee, of course, is Buster. Okay. <laughs> Wait, would would they say that? Would he just not do a mission for me on the internet? Yeah. Would, 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 would he really cheat me? Would, would he really steal my tools? Every day you're walking down the street, everybody that you meet says, you look like your brother, Sean. And I say, hey, hey, you stole my tools away. Yeah. <laughs> Learn to work and play. And I just won my $50. I like that. Uh, an attempt to make... Oh, okay. Okay, I'll make this observation now. I like that the attempt to make two competing franchises with two Scottish brothers has come down to an argument over a small financial sum. <laughs> and I say, hey, hey! It's a wonderful kind of day. Hey, give me my $50. $50. <laughs> hey, and give me back all my tools. Hey, oh, Kevin. Cheatsgate. All right, we taking this home. Let's take it home. Okay. All right. I got one more thought, but I'll save it for my final thought. Okay. okay. So let's go around. We'll talk about our final thoughts of the movie. We don't have any toupees this time. Yes. Oh, fuck. That's real hair, isn't it? Neil had real hair, but he balded. it. He's bald by his elderly age. He looks just as bald as his brother. Sean. It is true. Oh, it catches up with Ivory Connery. <laughs> exactly. So instead, first. should we just look at uh, which scenes where he's uh, regretting leaving behind his tools <laughs> the most? Sure. <laughs> I don't. A little know. abstract, but sure. All right, I we got can, mine. I don't know, Jam. What, what's mine. a good? What's a good one? I don't know. Uh, the... Wait, are we giving our opinion? Look, let's just say zero out of ten for the toupee, and then continue. Can I start? Sure. Go. Yeah, go ahead, Jan. Well, anyways, the movie itself. Said it before, but I wish I liked it more. It mm -hmm. has a lot of really magical moments. It has Miss Moneypenny with a machine gun. Uh, it has some awesome hypnotism. Uh, it has blind people working with uh, radioactive things. Uh, it's, it's got too many things for me to try to recall in my head right now. But... Watching the movie, kind of dull, kind of your average, generic, Italian ripoff kind of thing. Um, though I do remember it mostly fondly. So I'm going to give it, let's say, a 4 out of 10. Which is like mm -hmm. the highest rating that I can give to what is essentially a bad movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, Troy? Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, so this was my idea. Um, watching this movie reminded me of the Nicholas Rogue film Insignificance. Nicholas Rogue, of course, was the what? cinematographer of Casino Royale and later on the director of films such as Walkabout, The Man Who Fell to Earth, Don't Look Now, Others. Um, the Witches. And he made a film, huh? The Witches. Oh, yeah, he also directed The Witches. With Roald Dahl. Yeah. A re-team. Not a re-team, excuse okay, me. Okay, anyway, so Continue. it reminds Continue. me. It reminds me of the Nicholas Rogue film Insignificance. Because in the Nicholas Rogue film Insignificance, 
uh, Marilyn Monroe is a character played by Teresa Russell, and she uh, has a flirtatious conversation with Senator Joe McCarthy, who is played by Tony Curtis, who worked with Marilyn Monroe and some like it hot. And whenever I'm watching the scene where they're in bed together trying to have sex, I'm like, you knew this person, Tony. Like, you know the person she's playing. So this whole movie is basically that where I'm watching Bernard Lee and Lois Maxwell and all these people like play acting James Bond with their co-worker Sean Connery. And there's so many wacky ideas, and there's a certain joy, unlike Casino Royale, the certain je ne sais quoi of the James Bond franchise is still here. However, like Jan said, it is boring as balls. The pacing drags. And so it is a searching for diamonds in the rough. The peaks are beautiful to look at. And on the whole, I think I'm looking at 1967. I do like this movie more than Charlie the Lonesome Cougar. I do not like it more than Barefoot in the Park. I'm currently leaning towards... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Barefoot in the Park of... is fucking awesome. It's okay. Um, I, li- you're, I like you, it. You don't like Jane Fonda? Fucking... I like Jane Fonda and Barbarella. She made other movies which were more fun. She's hilarious but... in that. She's sexy as hell. And so is Robert Redford. Yeah, they're sexy, but they can do stuff if they really wanted to in that movie. Instead of just being like, oh, I'm in my apartment and I'm young. I wasn't prepared for this. Why is Charles Boyer here? Okay, someone doesn't appreciate Neil Simon, I see. I appreciate him occasionally. He's he's not all batting 100s over here. I like This Is Where I Leave You. Jane Fonda's in that. Oh, why'd you bring that? That's one of the worst movies I ever saw. That's exactly why you brought it up. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, Operation Kid Brother, 5 out of 10, 2.5 out of 5. I like it better than Thunderball, because this movie knew how to use Adolfo Selly. How you're, dare you're, you, but... You're crazy, but I respect... Yeah, you're, you're correct. <laughs> but I am deeply offended that he did not know the dialect past the Crusades. That is imperialism. That is theocratic nonsense. I... Unlike some people in our college circle, did not appreciate the Crusades. I'm just going to say it. The Crusades, generally bad. Why would you say something so controversial yet so brave? Oh, you didn't. You weren't at Paul's birthday party freshman year where we argued about the Crusades. For the record, it was not me arguing about the Crusades. No, no. I I think I have a pretty good idea who. I don't know what the Crusades are, it's just Troy. The Crusade is like the Indiana Jones, right? Yeah. Also with Sean Connery, who is the brother of Neil Connery. Do you think Sean Connery considered Harrison Ford more his family than Neil? Uh, yes. Yeah, I agree. I think no, that's probably Spielberg well. more because he, yeah. he was Mr. Moneybag. He patted Harrison Ford on the shoulder and said, you won't go with those damn Italians. And Harrison Ford was just like, what? <laughs> you're, you're my Sean now. You're the man now, dog. You're the man now, dog. They were they were shooting uh, the Last Crusade uh, in Venice, and 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 Sean was like, "You're, you're gonna protect me, now." <laughs> yes. Fuck. All right. Aborted bit. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, who's the young one? <laughs> no, you gotta leave that in. That was amazing. <laughs> Just a bit like <laughs> crashing into a wall in real time. <laughs> 
You're the man now, dog. You're the man now, dog. Paul, we all, we've all seen that. We've all had that happen to ourselves, but I've never seen it happen to someone else. So I do not abide by your rules of improv, Troy. All right, are you are you done? I'll, I'll, I'll weigh go. in. I'll. Okay. I like I said, haven't seen it until this weekend. I watched it with my girlfriend, <laughs> and uh, she looked at me with like fear, going like, "Why are Why are we watching this?" And I'm like, "It's it's it's for work. It's for work. I have to do it." <laughs> um, I found myself delighted <laughs> by this movie. My girlfriend was like. That was the worst thing I ever see. And I'm like, that was fantastic. I just watched Casino Royale 1967 again. <laughs> Join the Casino Royale fun movement. This, <laughs> this, it, it, movie... this is God compared to Casino oh, Royale. Oh, yeah, no. The competence in this movie False. compared to that movie. I am sorry. Time. I am sorry, Paul, but this is a much better uh, Bond ripoff, send up, both, neither. Who knows? This movie has all the key ingredients and what makes a fun spy movie. And the fact that it's done through this bizarre, (laughs) uh, weird way that only rip-off Italian cinema can do just makes it all the more fun. Even though there are parts that are boring, like them trying to hook line the surgery patient down from the thing that goes on for 10 minutes or an hour or whatever you have like those like troy was saying those really deep valleys this movie the peaks are just so fucking funny just the premise alone is hilarious (laughs) this movie gets the ideas of james bond and does it, it makes it into a parody intentional or not it's a better parody than casino royale can ever think to do because casino royale spends its time thinking about every joke this movie just is trying to be a Bond movie, but with a little bit more wacky things like psychics and other weird things like that and pussy wagons and shit. So I have to give this movie, in my heart actually, I'd give this movie five out of five. Jesus Christ. It's amazing. So so there we go. Uh, Adolfo DiMartino one, John Huston zero. Suck on that ball. Get out. Orson Welles just can't match Largo from Thunderball. However, the movie is boring at times, and it's also a sh- it's also a piece of shit. But also, if there's any sort of uh, objective criticism, I probably would give it a two out of five. But in my heart, it is still a five. I had a wonderful time with this, Paul. Okay. Um. Yeah, two out of five. Uh, it's kind of a so bad it's good. In in the classic, you're, I mean, it's pretty much all been said. It it's a it's an Italian B movie that is funny um, because of its relationship with the Eon Productions, um, which is definitely funny. Um, it has the the, the the flab of a uh, of those films. Well, it has a little bit of the flab of an Eon production, and then it has a little bit of the flab of an Italian B movie, which is kind of an interesting uh, stew to kind of uh, paddle around in. But um, there are certainly pleasures to be had here, Um, although I think, look, there are definitely less missing scenes in this movie. (laughs) I can't deny that. 
It's it's technically way more competent. It is technically more competent and coherent. And the one thing this movie has going that it is like objectively like hands down the winning is is the gadgets. Um, nothing's come close. It's very creative. It is very creative. Um, but yeah, you know, we don't have to go. We don't have to get into Casino Royale again. But I I. I chuckled and smiled and was had my eyes glued to the screen, furiously taking notes um, two weeks ago. This week, uh, we were pretty much done after an hour. Um, and, yeah. And, that's, and there's, yeah. Still, it's, there's still pleasures to be had. But yeah. uh, well and good. I'm glad we found something new for all of us. Can we say... We can all agree this is better than Spectre. No. Yes. That said, absolutely. That said, Jake, Jake, in 2020, I told you, Jake, we need to watch OK Connery. And for three years, you said no. What are you talking no. about, Troy? But, but what I heard tonight was you gave it five out of five for a hottest of seconds. So I think, Jake, I'm owed a thank you. OK Connery. <laughs> Fuck okay, Connery. I, I, I don't owe you anything. Fuck no, you. No, you don't owe me anything, Jan. You owe me 50 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, we are going to conclude this week's episode of You'll Only Listen Twice. Tell your friends to watch OK Connery. Yeah, this should have a bigger reputation. And, and, and you can stare down at them and whisper no, which is what you should do. But... Yeah, like, I will say, I do think this movie deserves a slightly higher profile just because it is basically the M and Money Penny spinoff that I've always wanted, and that's why I put it just under Bowling for Columbine on my <laughs> United Artists list. There we go. Just before? Okay, bye, folks! Bye, right. folks! <laughs> bye! Later! Goodbye! Bye. bye! See you next week on Her Majesty's Secret Service! Yay! That's also the name of the movie. This never happened to the other fella. I'm tired of all these fucking conneries. Can we do something else? Okay, let's stop. <laughs> all right, the end.